Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrich. Court is a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Birth Demons diehard, and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrich here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 grand final, except he got dropped after the prelim. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles. It's just two blokes talking football. Yes, and welcome to the Quarters and Barra podcast. I am Glenn Quartermain, Chief Sports Writer for the West Australian. With me is Adrian Barrich, Channel 7 News Hound, former West Coast Eagle and Perth Football Club President. We are brought to you by Tab Touch. Better your bet with Tab Touch. Please gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers Help on 1800 858 858. Barra, I am back after a brief respite. I've been um, reconstructed. You have been reconstructed, mate. You've had your uh, cartilage fixed up, and I believe you're in a bit of uh, a bit of pain. How many marathons have you actually run? And we had a debate about this, Chris and I. I said I said you're all, you're pushing towards twenty. He said you're already that at twenty. No, no, thank you, Chris. But no, I've run seventeen. So I've oh. just had a little look. It's a minor. So twenty is your goal, no, right? That's why you've had that's, you've had the surgery. That's it. Yeah. Well, and, uh, no, I've had the surgery because my knee was playing up. And, um, no, look, it's all all great. Thank you to Dr. Alessandria, what a, D. Alessandria, what a sensational surgeon he is. And mm. um, it's it's went very well. I'm just a bit sore a couple you got of the, days you, later, as you would. You got the pan- panadine fort or? Yeah, yeah, let something a little bit stronger than endone, that. Endone, got the endone. Mate, be very careful. Yeah. We don't, you don't have too many of them, my friend. <laughs> no, I'm all if right, you start mate. talking Swahili, I'll know that they've kicked in on you. <laughs> Well, no, if I, ta- if I start talking normally, uh, you'll know that kick on there. <laughs> so true. Bit to talk about, Barra. There's a fair bit oh, going on. Mate, start big news today. News. Massive. Yeah, Al- Alistair Clarkson taking an indefinite break from football, um, mental health reasons and physical health reasons as well. I applaud him for doing so, given the circumstances of, you know, if you have got those issues. Uh, mediation set for Tuesday still in Adelaide. We're not sure if that's going ahead, but he won't be taking part. Chris Fagan and Jason Burke, formerly with Hawthorne, might be. Brett Ratner step in as coach, and the football manager, Todd Viney, will address the media later today. But huge news, Barra, um, in the, the, the still um, simmering Hawthorne racism review and um, Alistair Clarkson's role in it. Yeah, we, we'll watch it get sorted out very quickly now. I mean, it has been... It has. It's not right that it's taken this long to have that hanging over their heads, Fagan and Clarkson, and you know the allegations that were made, and now the allegations have all been leaked. You can basically find out exactly what's been said after that. Uh, that uh, King's Council came out and revealed the bloke heading up the Bernard Quinn. Yeah. yeah. So that was horrible. Once once that was out, I was so surprised they didn't resolve it straight away because that sort of thing is the thing that would affect your mental health and that's exactly what's happening i don't know if clarkson i I wouldn't say that he'd done this deliberately i'd say he's obviously been impacted and is feeling it but it'll certainly make them move quickly now to to resolve the whole situation and uh at at the end of the day i think they're worried that hawthorne's gonna have to cop a whack which will have to happen based on what the allegations were clarko will probably have to cop one himself and maybe even fags and, yeah, it's it's all very unsightly. And I'm sure Gil, Gil McLaughlin at this stage is thinking, Man, did I do the right thing hanging around? I've got Clarko stepping down for a while indefinitely and I've got Tasmania, 6,000 people protest against us having a team down there and having a stadium. There's a bit on the, there's a bit on the agenda now, isn't there? 
There is. We'll get to Tassie in a minute, but just on the Hawthorne, I guess it depends on there's a stalemate still in terms of what the um, complainants want to, um, you know, make available in terms of information, um, read their complaints. There's sensitivities there. And there's also uh, a stalemate from the, I guess we'll call them the accused, even though it's not a court of law as such, um, in terms of what they, they need all the information to address it. So that's where the issue lay. I'm not sure how quickly it can be resolved. This has dragged on for, like, six months now, longer. So uh, there, there are major issues there. And, of course, lawyers have stepped in now. So when the lawyers step in, you know that it's take, going to go, yeah. you know, take a little bit longer. Yeah. So, but I think you're right. If, they're, if the allegations are proven, to be, I think there'll be some sort of consensus reached. That's what the AFL's angling for. That's why it's taken a while. Mm. Um, but if there, you know, clearly if there's um, any truth to the um, allegations, re, you know, uh, Clarkson, Fagan and Burt, and they have strenuously denied them, we must add that. Um, if they are found to be any truth in it, then they will. There'll be some punishment meted out, and clearly some punishment meted out to Hawthorne as well as there should be. Yeah, it just—it's got to be resolved quickly. I mean, if you've got one of the best coaches of the modern era stepping away because of mental and physical damage to himself, and you know, can't coach North Melbourne against Sydney this weekend and possibly next weekend, and Brett Ratten's got to step in and Viney's got to be interviewed about this. I didn't see the president, but I saw Viney up there as well. Um, something's got to be resolved quickly and it's and it's just got to happen. It's just got to happen, boys. And I get that, you know, you want to sort it out behind the scenes and the lawyers involved and you don't really want to penalise Hawthorne too heavily. So there's been some suggestions the Hawks might lose draft picks. Yeah, how, well, would, how would you feel about that as, as Mr. You know, the captain, captain Hawthorne in Western Australia? How do you feel about that? Well, if they're if they're guilty, then they deserve whatever they cop from the AFL. Really, I mean, it's you take the impartiality out. You've got to be impartial about it. Really, you've got to take your supporters' hat off. And say, imagine if imagine if them rebuilding the, what they've done, everything they've done, and then it gets it's brought on. I'm not sure if they. I'm not sure if they 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 docked them the uh, draft this year. But certainly next year and onwards, I think they would, um, given where they're at and, you know, you, you put all your efforts into this year's draft. Um, so, look, that's going to play out. You know, what will be will be. And, um, you know, they haven't been afraid to hand out uh, draft penalties in the past and they certainly won't be in the future. So what about Tassie? Uh, very interesting down there. Geez, they like a, they like a protest down there. I mean, I know, I, I understand. Normally, they're trying to save America. rivers and stuff, though, mate, aren't they? You're not having a go at them for protesting about damming the Franklin and all that sort of stuff, are you? No, 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 I'm right? Not. Of course okay, not. Yeah. I've flown over the junction of the Gordon and Franklin. It's beautiful. I'm glad they didn't dam it. But, mate, this is not. This is not the Franklin. Mm. This is a <laughs> dilapidated area near the C CBD. That's a sewage plant. Let's be honest about it. What more? You know, these people want to complain. What do you want to be part of the mainland or don't you? Do you want to just drift Ooh. off down to Antarctica and Ooh. don't worry about it? Or do you want a fair dickum AFL team? So get serious, get with it. You're complaining about um, the you have to largely fund this yourself. Well, I can think of another state, Barra, that had to totally fund its own stadium, and it's where we're living right now. So either you want an AFL team or you don't. Get fair dickum and just stop complaining, seriously. But uh, playing devil's advocate, the Giants didn't have to build a stadium and the and the Gold Coast didn't have to build a stadium before they got the chance to join the AFL because they are states where we're taking on rugby league or AFL's taking on rugby league and they need to get in there and try to, you know, spread the message or the gospel of football. 
But in Tasmania, because they're all football people, even though they're sort of divided south and north or whatever, they, they think they can order them to have a boutique stadium worth this much that needs to have this and that and the rest of it. So I get – if I was a Tasmanian, I'd be getting uh, – that would – I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look. Be looking at the big picture of wow. Imagine the tourism. Imagine how it can drive the economy. Look what what's happened at Optus Stadium. With once the West Australian government built that, three hundred thousand people tried to get Coldplay tickets from all around Australia, all around the world. Exactly. exactly. I mean, they, uh, there's all that there. But the whole thing about being ordered to have a stadium, I think they got up their nose, particularly with oh. how much money they had to spend and all the other things they've got. It will drive employment, there's no doubt, but they have dramas with their hospitals and they have dramas with their schools and they have dramas with... Uh, Who doesn't? Which state doesn't have dramas with those? But no one else Seriously. is being ordered to make to build a stadium. That's the thing. Well, Do you know what I mean? Well, there is federal government funding. There is AFL funding. Um, I think it's about $270 million, you know, in terms of ten over 10 years developing the... Um, junior grades, what have you. Uh, so there is funding coming from elsewhere, but there is a large portion coming from their own state, but they're developing a really important part of the CBD area. It will attract tourists. Uh, so I just can't, I just, for me, it's a no-brainer. I, I just think sometimes you're just arguing for the sake of could it. Really. They use those, Rat- could they use the two stadiums they've got already, one in Hobart and one in Launceston? I don't think so. I think you need a state-of-the-art stadium if you're going to be fair to come. I think those those stadia are in, you know, dire need of redevelopment. Have you been to the and, Giants uh, Stadium, mate? Have you been to the I've Gold been, Coast? I haven't been inside it. I've been, yeah, oh, look, I went to the Gold Coast early days, so not the new one. I have been past the Giants Stadium on my way to the Sydney Olympic Park, which, which is obviously sits right next to it. Mm. Um, so, but th- let's not forget they're in develop they're in development states, so they're not AFL states. So that's why they receive all that funding. I mean, we could argue till the cows come home about, and I, and I know we've got um, pretty similar views actually on on funding and what should happen in terms of uh, going going forward in the future, but. I just you get know, I just get where the Tasmania. I mean, I can see Jackie Lambie has latched onto it, and she's an MP, obviously, and she's got her Jackie own. Jackie likes a good controversy, mate. Her own agenda, but it sort of rings a bell with the Tasmanians as to the Victorians telling them what to do. Which you know, okay. That, well, just don't don't worry about an AFL team and stay irrelevant. Harsh, harsh words, my friend. No, you're either in or you're not. Now, Barra, let's move on to uh, the other announcement. Yesterday, the AFL will be sticking with a day grand final, so 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12.30 p.m. Western Standard Time. Interesting that the uh, Gil McLaughlin, when announcing it, said the commission will continue to review. Now, in my opinion, uh, that means that it is inevitably mm. moving to a twilight fixture. We saw the 2020 Gabba grand final played at 6.15 p.m., the 2021 grand final here at Optus, very successfully held at 5.15pm and also, Barra, I might add, very successfully held with a two-week break before it. So I think we'll be moving in the next few years to a twilight grand final. I think the broadcasters who combined um, Seven West Media and Foxtel paid $4.5 billion for the rights between 2025 and 2031. They will dictate, clearly TV ratings are better at twilight and at night, and I think we'll get there, and we'll get there within two, three years. And the, the only thing I'll say before I let you have your say is I was very traditional on this. Um, growing up in Victoria, going to the grand finals at the MCG many, many years, for many, many years, 
and I have I've done a, a complete flip on it over the last four or five years. I just feel like the time is right. I get why you can put on a much better show on the twilight, and it also you know it's better for the TV audience. And broadcasters pay so much for it; they they should have a huge say in what time it's played. The other thing is, my friend, you live in Western Australia now, so it's actually. We don't really, really, really care because it's it's being played in Melbourne for the next 100 years, but but we do know Mm -hmm. that the timing is magnificent for us. So if it's 2.30, it's 12.30 here, that's not too bad. If it's 4.50, that's 2.50 here, that's great. After lunch, whack on the telly. If it's 5.30, it's 3.30, we can still go out after the grand final. We are in a a luxurious situation, aren't we? We can just – we can take whatever they come. But you're right about the um, broadcasters, obviously – putting my TV hat on for a moment, uh, being in prime time is where they want to be. And to be fair, the NRL has already moved there and capitalises on the ratings there. Uh, they're, they're quite progressive, the NRL, and it's really only the sort of the Victorian traditionalists that sort of have been holding it back. So, And why? Right. Um, why, though? I mean, the argument is that you have the, the, the North Melbourne Grand Final breakfast every year and then you have your other functions. Oh, look, people are going to be too drunk by... Oh, that's nonsense. If you can't be, you know, mature enough to, to to rest yourself during the day, seriously, you can have all the functions you like. In fact, you can have more during the day in the lead up to the grand final. You can have that activation zone outside the MCG really humming. Well, hang on. Yeah, let me ask you then. You you're a, you know, died in the wool Victorian. You used to be. You used yep. to go to. Used to love playing, watching footy at two ten or two twenty or whatever it was over in in, in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, is that would that be hard for those people to go? You know what? I've done this 40, 50 years of my life. Why do I have to nah. change? You know what? You know what I used to do. I used to go and have breakfast with my mates at like six a.m. on the Yarra. There's all the barbecues all along the Yarra. Yeah, yeah. We used to go. I'll tell you why. We used to go there really early. Yes, we'd have a couple of beers because it was a long day ahead. But um, but then what we do is um, we we'd go and watch the under 19s grand final. Then you watch the reserves grand final, and then you watch the senior grand final. It was a really long, great day. But so, oh, just, so what you're say, saying is that the Victorians would say five thirty is too late. We'd be too drunk by then. No, <laughs> yes, yeah, a lot of them. Would, yeah, no, a lot of them would. But what I'm saying is, you just start. You start your day at midday. Go and have a barbie and get everything starting a bit later. I think it's still. It's set up beautifully. The public transport's really good in Melbourne. You, you're straight mm. from the G onto a, a, a number of networks to wherever you need to go. So it's really, to me, a no-brainer in every regard. Uh, they've got to get that right, and then they've got to get the, the buy moved to before the grand final. So we have a two-week build-up. I, I oh, just like think that, yeah. Then we would have it bang on right, I reckon, if those two things happened. Okay. Hey, listen, um, can I throw one at you without notice. Question without yeah, notice sure. from the member from Subiaco. Uh, <laughs> mate, what about this? I've heard now that, and it may not come in for this year's draft, but it is being closely looked at, is that soon the system will change such that, okay, you can trade for players, you can trade for picks, you can trade for points at the moment. What about trading for money? So in other words, I'll give you an example. Your club, Hawthorne, they're looking for first-round picks. They're desperate to get them. Collingwood um, has got plenty of money. Uh, Maybe they trade $500,000 over to Hawthorne and they get a a pick for it or vice versa. How do you – I hate the idea. (laughs) <laughs> hate the idea, and it won't happen. At, by the way, it won't happen at Hawthorne because Hawthorne's pretty cashed up, mate. Hawthorne's a pretty financial. Well, that's club, what, okay. Well, let me put it this way: Hawthorne, keen to do their rebuild, they offer Collingwood five hundred thousand for their first round pick. 
How would you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I'm not keen on money changing hands for those picks. I think there's enough um, variation in it now. If you, as you say, players points. Um, you know, you, the tip, you have salary. Uh, you have salary dumping now, anyway, don't you? So um, yeah, well, that's right. Really well, that's well, that. that's it's basically almost effectively the same thing, isn't it? That fellow that went to um, he went to Geelong for picks and you know he was and salary dump it was incredible. Mate, yes. it would re- would certainly suit the West Coast Eagles, I could tell you, my friend. Yes, it would. Um, I'll tell you what will come in the next few years. I'm just trying to remember that player's name. I'll be right with you on that one. Um, Bowie or something like that. That's yeah. Bowers, Jack Bowers. Bowers, that's it. Yeah. Um, what will happen, um, without the, what, no surer thing than there will be a draft lottery in the next 10 years, maybe sooner, maybe in the next five years. So you get the system, which we've just seen in the US with the NBA, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, San Antonio Spurs getting the first pick and it's the draft lottery so what happens is you get um, from say ninth down to 18th you get and you know so 18th you might get eight balls you know yep. in the lottery and ninth you get one so it, it doesn't guarantee you first pick so what we're, what we're saying is it it um, disengages you from any draft dodging draft tanking because you don't want to you know you're not guaranteed that first pick so I think that will come in because there's so much conversation now around let's be honest the bottom three teams mm. west coast hawthorne north melbourne west coast probably are an outlier here because they just got no players on the park but um i think hawthorne and north north maybe where they're at hawthorne certainly well the has fact some interesting the, losses this year yeah well the fact that everyone's talking about that the harley reed cup just yeah, po- points it. it's points to well two um, demotivated teams, the disincentive to win. There's no, you know, there's no compulsion to get off the bottom. It's better to finish down the bottom once you know you can't play finals. That, that's where Hawthorne and West Coast are at, and probably North Melbourne now. And you're right. So a lottery system comes in. I like what you're saying. If is that what the NBA does? It's a weighted thing. So if you're down the bottom, you get yeah. more balls than the than the team that's in ninth spot. But you're all a chance to actually get. Uh, and the number one pick or the number two pick or the number three pick. So that's I quite like that because that would stop uh, teams going, you know what, let's pretend, let's tank but not tank, if you know what I mean. You know, players don't tank. They get out there, they have a massive crack. That's Just right, like yeah. Hawthorne and the Eagles players will this weekend. But the club, there's no incentive for them to move up the ladder. Well, players can be managed out. You know, you can move players into position. You can move out. Don't, let's forget Melbourne was accused of this. Um, and then copped a penalty, and yeah. then copped a penalty, even though they weren't accused of it. It was the most bizarre ruling I've ever heard in my life uh, when that happened. Um, poor old, my old poor old mate Dean Bailey, who copped the wrath yeah. there. He was just trying to do the right thing for the footy club. Chris um, Connolly, but it'll come in the NFL, the NFL, um, um, NHL. They all do it, and it'll come in here for sure. I reckon. Hey, what part of US sport has Australian uh, the AFL not followed? Yeah, well, night grand finals just yet, but you're right. <laughs> let's no, try and pick Super some Bowl. winners. Let, let's, let's, well, that two-week build-up will come in as well. Let's try and pick some winners. Adelaide Oval, Friday night. Mm. Port Adelaide, $2.20. Melbourne, $1.67. The Demons have won two of their last three games against the Power at Adelaide Oval by 34 points per game. Um Melbourne averaging 41.1 points per game in the time-on period of quarters, ranked number one. So look out in that red zone, Port Adelaide. Uh, the Demons, 
have taken 14 marks inside 50 per game, ranked third in the competition. And coupled with that, uh, Max Gorn has recorded a hit-out-to-advantage percentage of 14.5 this season, his lowest percentage since 2014. I think that's because he's spending a fair bit more time forward with Brady Grundy in that side now. Port Adelaide... Um, Going beautifully. Uh, had 14 goal kickers last round, the most of any team this season. Um, here's a stat for you. Zach Butters has had 25 or more disposals in each of his last six games, amassing an equal season high 32 last week against North. And Willem Drew, very underrated, has laid 38 tackles from five games at Adelaide Oval this season, 13 more than any other teammate. He's inspired by playing at home at Adelaide Oval, Barra. So this I'm is a really hard against- tip, isn't it? It is. I'm going for the home team. Uh, I like I like their form. I like the way they're building in the midfield, playing against a real quality opponent who I expect to win the premiership later in the year. But um, they've had some toughish games in recent times, Mel. I just think Adelaide are set to win this one at home. Yeah, I reckon this is a really hard one to pick. Todd Marshall's out with a concussion, but they th- they say Charlie Dixon will return. Looks like he'll play, so that's a, yeah. a, a massive in. Petrarca was hobbling at training, I saw. I was, I'm a bit worried about that, but Petrarca and Oliver, best one-two punch in history, obviously, oh, yeah. as people say. Power, the Demons are actually the favourites in this game, my friend. Did you know that? Yeah, I do. Dollar sixty-seven. Jack Viney in good form too. Found oh, form yeah. last week, but they're coming off a game against Hawthorne, which always also worries me with Melbourne because it's a bit of a it's a bit of a soft launching pad into a pretty tough game. I'll be going the D's. I think I think they're just uh, they're just too good. And the other thing, my friend, is that it's the WA State game. WA versus South Australia. The WA Waffle players taking on the Sandful players. That's the curtain raiser to the Port Adelaide Melbourne game. Very exciting. The boys were so, so pumped. I went down for the presentation of the jerseys when the team was announced. I think it was Wednesday night. And uh, so was that last night or the night before? The night before is Tuesday night. And Michael Sinclair from my club, our captain, is playing. He's playing forward. Some great young men in there going to showcase themselves. I think young Buller's going to be tested out. I reckon all, a lot of the, apparently a lot of the scouts are going to check on Jack Buller from Claremont, see how he goes in the state yep. game. And if he goes well, he will be looked at not only by the West Coast Eagles but other AFL clubs, but in particular the West Coast Eagles for the mid-season draft. How's that? That's good. That's good to hear. Because that Marich uh, might get snavelled somewhere else, uh, the bloke from Victoria. And if you've got the local boy, he's a good size. I reckon he's 195, 197 and uh, can play forward and midfield. Yeah, he looks all right. But great to see WA take South Australia um, before that. And I think if we win, we tie up the, the series. So it's like 49 wins each or something. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, okay. so really good. Been a big history there, hasn't there, WA South Australia, as well as WA Vicks, obviously, yeah. um, starting you, off State did, of Origin. Did you know the Vicks don't play state footy? Yeah, I do. Yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah, they go, nah, nah, we don't want to do it. What? You see the big V in the in the, um, the National 18s, don't you? That's when you yeah. see it. The Metro and the country, and that's about it at the moment. So the greatest jersey just about all time, it's, it's right up there, isn't it? It's one of the all-time oh, great yeah. jumpers. I remember playing, because I... Oh, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about myself. Anyway, I, I saw it close yes, up are. a lot uh, in because I played State of Origin footy for New South Wales but and I was in the WA. But anyway, I, when they run out, they just look a lot bigger because <laughs> I don't know, something about this white V. Yeah, it does. It just makes them look bigger. <laughs> Made me think that that would be a good jumper for uh, – Do you, you remember that, that game at the MCG? Uh, I think it was Victoria, South Australia, late 80s, 88, oh, I reckon. Yeah. It was Victoria, South Australia. It was mud everywhere and it was – 
Lockett, Dunstall, Ablett in the forward line. Mm. And uh, then you remember Teddy Whitten doing the, the yep. lap of honour when he was in his last days, uh, God rest his soul, and uh, there was not a dry eye in the house that day. And poor old Teddy wouldn't be happy with State of Origin. It was a great concept, but uh, lost its way a bit with the with the national you know, advent of the AFL. But it's, I'm really happy that it's still being played, um, you know, by by the West Australians and the South Australians, and hopefully one day we can see it reinvented somehow nationally. Yeah, I, I would love to see the big V out there again. But you're right, Ablett Dunstall Lockett in one forward line. That was that was uh, amazing. But the West Australians had some good teams too. So we oh, invented yeah. the concept of state of origin yes. footy. The NRL stole it and have just taken they it to did. an absolute pinnacle and we're not even playing it at all. <laughs> the interesting point, no, I know, but the interesting point there is that's their premium product. Their, their state of origin is much bigger than their grand final and you would never say that about the AFL grand final versus the state of origin. So really interesting there. They have done a good job with the, the NRL. So, Mel- so and- Melbourne for me in that game, my friend, anyway. And Port, and port for me, yeah. Um, Saturday, Marvel Stadium, North Melbourne, $6, no Clarko coaching. Brett Ratton will take the reins there. The, the Sydney Swans, the down-and-out Sydney Swans, at $1.13. I'd say one of the areas they need to improve on, Barris, Sydney has conceded six goals from 50-metre penalties this season, the equal second most of any side. Very undisciplined and very unlike a team coached by John Longmire. Uh, the Swans, however, have won each of their last eight matches against the Kangaroos at Marvel Stadium, having a 38-point win in Round 21 last season. Buddy has finished goalless in consecutive weeks for the only the third time in his career, managing just four disposals last week against Fremantle. Isaac Heaney also down on form. North Melbourne has conceded 24 goals from free kicks, so they're also undisciplined and most in the league. Can't see him winning. You'd expect a backs-to-the-wall effort um, with Clarko not there, but um, I think Sydney win this one and find some form, although I'm really disappointed to see Logan McDonald missing... Um, with injury for about four weeks, I believe. So disappointing there, but uh, Sydney for me. Yeah, and Callum Mills is sidelined too. So, mm. mate, uh, this is a lot closer than the odds now. Ruse, they've got the Ruse 580, the Swans, uh, like $1.15 or $1.13, whatever you said. So yep. with Clarkson out, you'd, respect, you'd expect a response, a reaction, surely, and Ratten back in there, new voice. I'll tell you what, this is a, I reckon this is a toss of the coin now because um, – Particularly with how many injuries the Swans have got, their backline looked diabolical against the Dockers. Did, yeah. They got towed up by three, three of the youngest blokes you've ever seen. You know, Jackson, Amos, and Tracy just, just towed them. And this week you've got uh, Hawkins and uh, Jared Cameron. Their ages together equal the three ages of the Dockers blokes. That's how inexperienced, how young the Dockers forwards are compared to the two stars at Geelong. So, mate, I'm I'm super tempted tempted to tip North Melbourne here. I probably can't because it's dangerous. They've lost four straight now, haven't they? The Sydney's yeah. lost four straight, haven't they? Jeez, yeah, I wouldn't have, be yeah. surprised if it was an upset, but you just don't know what reaction they get from the players with the coaches. They might drop their bundle completely. So I'll stay with Sydney, but, yeah, I think that's a lot closer than the odds. Yeah, still enough quality in that Sydney side for mine. Mars Stadium, so out in Ballarat, um, the Western Bulldogs $1.65, Adelaide two twenty five. I'm going to pick the Bulldogs here, but just remembering that um, 
The uh, the Bulldogs have won five of their last six games at this stadium, with their only defeat barrier coming against Adelaide by one point in round six last season. You remember mm. that it was a it was a major upset at the time. Adelaide weren't anywhere near as advanced as they are at this time. Um, the Dogs moving the ball from defensive fifty. The Dogs have used the corridor only twelve point four percent of the time, the lowest percentage of any team. So they're they're sort of flanking it around the Dogs. Um, Tim English in great form has attended 76 ruck contests per game on average, but ranks second in the competition. Jack McRae in great form. Their forward line ticking over nicely. Crows going beautifully too. Scored six goals from defensive midfield chains last round, ranked number one for the round. They've also scored from 12.8% of their kickings, ranked number one. So you want to be careful of the Crows when they're coming out of defence. Um, they've also scored from 80, 48.3% of its inside 50s, ranked number one in the competition. So they're pretty good when they get it in there too. Jordan Dawson playing well. Isaac Rankine playing very well. And, of course, Taylor Walker last week. Vintage Taylor Walker. He should probably go on for another year, Barra. I'm tempted to pick Adelaide at 2.25, but I'm going with the Western Bulldogs at $1.65. Yeah, no, Bulldogs for me too. Trelaw still missing, but I've heard from the Crows, um, well, duty's out with concussion, okay? Yep. Uh, Riley Thil- Thilthorpe. <laughs> Imagine yep. if you had a lisp and you had to read that a lot. The Thilminator. The yep. Thilminator has a knee complaint, and I'm, I believe Taylor Walker's being looked at as to be managed. So the, I reckon the Bulldogs are the quiet achievers at the moment. They're flying. They're just about at full strength, with, apart from Trelaw. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying the Bulldogs. Yep, same. Uh, Fremantle, this big one, Optus Stadium Saturday. Fremantle, 2.40, Geelong, $1.57. A lot of people jumping on the Dockers. I'm not. Um, I got them last week. Form, form's been good. Best up, beat up on Hawthorne last week. Um, kudos to them. Went down to Sydney, went to Sydney, up to Sydney or across to Sydney. Um, Alex Pierce, a great job on Buddy Franklin. But as you said, they are decimated by injury. I want to see them against the very best. Now, Geelong is also missing quite a few players. Dangerfield, Henry, um, Rowan, Stanley, Bowes, we mentioned earlier. Um, and doubts over Stengel, De Koning. But uh, there's a lot of quality in that side. We look at that forward line. Um, Hawkins and Cameron. You'd expect Pierce to start off on Hawkins, given his form. Cox probably goes to Cameron. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's there's a lot to like about the Geelong side. Since round six, this is their potency in attack. They've taken 17.4 marks inside 50 per game, the most in the AFL. However, they were out-tackled by 16 last week against the Tigers, which is their worst differential this year. So they were out-Richmond, really, by Richmond last week. Richmond got that chaos game going again and Geelong was probably right for the picking last week you'd expect them to bounce back um, Dockers going really well um, the last two weeks Lockie Schultz very unheralded um, I thought his performance against Hawthorne was great given his injuries and last week again um, four, four goals sensational and Sean Darcy closing in to be the best ruckman in the competition probably rivaling Tim English at the moment for mine I reckon I give them every chance to Dockers, but I'm just not prepared to pick against Geelong with the form they're in, taking away from last week's game against Richmond. Feels like I need to convince you that they'll go, they'll, that the Dockers will win. I, I tipped them last week. I thought they were Monty's last week because once I saw mm-hmm. the Sydney team. And now I'm just looking at the Geelong team, mate. I know you're talking about how good they are, but I think you also highlighted how many blokes were out. And when you look yep. at they're very. Like okay, look at the listen to these names: O'Connor, Bruin, 
Dempsey, Henry, Holmes, M- Myers. Um, Myers, good player. They've got so oh, many. Kind of yeah, yeah, they've got Atkins. They've got so many young blokes in there, mate. I, I'd like to see the ages. If you took out the two old blokes in the forward line, Hawkins and Cameron, uh, they would be a very, very young team. And the other Mitch th- Duncan. The, yeah, the other thing that uh, – and Duncan, yeah, the other thing that worries me is who plays on Luke Jackson for Geelong, my friend. Radagalia Rad- would get towed, I'm telling you. He has, he's yeah, not mobile he's, enough, right? So no, then, it's a, hard, it's a, it's a so real hard Colin one. Colin yeah. Jasny – Colin Jasny? Possibly, yeah. Stewart is, Stewart's probably not going to play on him, is he? I mean, Stewart... Well, Stewart's... You, they try and get him free for intercept and also um, Radaglia as well. So, so he'll be on Tracy. Stewart will be on Tracy. So Tracy will know he's alive, so he might struggle. But I yep. think... I reckon Cox probably looks, suits better. Hawkins, I don't know. You, I don't know you went the other way, but that's all right. Yeah. Pierce did the job on Buddy and Cameron plays a bit like Buddy, so maybe you give Pierce that go there, so that makes me feel good. I saw Nathan O'Driscoll is his 21st this week. He looked a bit sore, so Matt Johnson may even be the sub, I reckon. I reckon Matt Johnson. Yep. I reckon Fifey goes in. He's so, got yeah. to go into the 22. You can't mess around anymore, can you? Um I think it's, it feels like he's going into the 22, just the language. I think they're not prepared to divulge yet, which is fair enough. It just feels like he's ready. And you've felt like there's been progressive, you know, uh, improvements each week that he's been there. So he's he, played less, ready, he, he played less time against Sydney than he did against the Hawks, yeah. though. So. Because he probably – yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, think, and, and they can't wait around, I, I think, in the Geelong game. So he goes in. I, reckon, I wouldn't mind seeing Johnson as a sub because there's no waffle. So then Johnson misses another week. Better better put him in there. Darcy, mate, how was Darcy's form? 44 hitouts. I think it was eight inside 50s. I know the 50-meter line's cl- close at SCG, but, <laughs> mate, he was on – Fire. He yeah, smashed he was, yeah. it. And so Segler, Segler's going to cop it. He's going to cop it big time. You know what I mean? So, and then Jackson goes in there for a bit of the time as well. I'm, I'm talking myself into the Dockers here. I reckon I've talked myself yeah, into the right. Dockers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought along hard about Michaela, it. Michaela, what do you reckon? You reckon Dockers? You're going Geelong, huh? She's going Geelong. I, feel, I don't know. They've, they've settled their midfield now. It looks like the four blokes in there, Sarong, Brayshaw, O'Meara, and, of course, Darcy sit in there most of the time, 80% of the time. Fifey might come in at some stage. Yeah, I don't know. I feel uh, it's just whether Amos, Jackson, and Tracy can get that same separation they were able to get against Sydney. But I'm don't, I don't like the Geelong back line, apart from Stewart. Yeah. So, and Guthrie's a good player, of course. I think the key is that separation, Barra, when you start clashing into each other. And, you know, I mean, the, like, it was great last week to see uh, Jackson just taking those, you know, those um, contested marks. He was getting into position earlier in the year. He just wasn't clunking them. He was just dropping every single one. Well, you know, really I'll tell you the thing. Watch. You know, I mean, I tried to explain this on the telly last night. So... And and I and I know you know this, and and I know our listeners are very educated too. But it does take a while, not only to sit in, settle into a new team, but when you're such a young boat, you've got to understand when which way the guys roll, or it, that they call it roll. It's which, which way they turn basically with their foot, and when they're going to kick, and it, you start to understand your teammates, and that's what he's starting to do. And they're starting to understand what he likes too. He doesn't like it like lob. Lob just was there like a big log lobbed the log but you know I wasn't saying yeah. it was a log I'm just saying that he liked it just you could kick, lob it you could just lob it just in, kick yeah. it up in front of me yeah kick it uh, yeah. Uh, uh, above my head and I'll with my inspector gadget arms I'll have a crack mm. at it but he doesn't like it he likes to be on the move so you've got to put it out in front of him he's got to find space and you so you've got to be a bit cleverer so 
once he once they work that out, he will become a real star. And he, I mean, he is a star, mm. but he could be the unicorn like we think. And so, yep. can he do that against these blokes? When you look at Radigalia and Colin Jasney, who are the two his two main contenders, because Stewart won't go to him, it feels like he, Jackson could be the key. So I'm, I feel like I'm going to tip Freo. Bugger it, I'm going. I'm going Freo. Talk myself into <laughs> Good it. Good on you. That's a, that's great, mate. Long hey. <laughs> Yeah, the Gabba Saturday night, the Q Clash. I think we can come up with a better name than the Q Clash. We've debated this on the podcast in the past. We've had some very clever answers come in. So, if you you know out there, please give us some of your ideas for a better name. But Brisbane a dollar twenty five, Gold Coast Suns four dollars. Brisbane in great form, averaging one hundred and three point four game points at the Gabba in its last five matches, um, while conceding a hundred more just once in these games. Jay Danaher. Um, averaging a career-high 3.1 marks inside 50, has also posted a career-high shot at goal, accuracy of 58.5%. Don't they look a better team when he's up and firing? And Harris Andrews playing really well, a career-high 16 disposals. Um, he's really been helped out by Jack Payne settling there at full-back. And um, Gold Coast, lots to like about them. Good win last week. Um, since round six, Gold Coast has won the first possession from 53.2% of set of bounces, the highest percentage in the league. So that's Matt Rowell and Noah Anderson. You know, there's other players there, Swallow, um, etc. but those two really, really forming a great one-two punch. You, you talk about Oliver and Petraka, but, yeah, gee, um, Rowell and Anderson, two very good players. Ben King finished with 3-3 and 12 disposals last week. Could have, If he kicked accurately, could have kicked six. Uh, Matt Rowell had a career-high 17 tackles last round against the Eagles. He had no right to do that, Barrett, given that he had so much of the footy. But a magnificent effort. Um, um, interesting, Ruben Jimby had 16, so it was a big tackling game last week. But I'm going to pick the Lions. Um, their form is irresistible. They're playing at home. Um, but they'll be pushed by the Suns maybe for two, two-and-a-half quarters, I reckon. Yeah, spot on. I don't think you can take all those stats you quoted about <laughs> about the Suns game. You, you, you didn't mention they were playing the Eagles. So Well, I think you can only go on, you can only play you, against I know you've got to put against. the asterisks next to a lot of that stuff, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they ain't yeah. doing that against Brisbane, my friend. No, yeah. but I think you'll find that Raul and Anderson are pretty good. I mean they, they, Anderson, they do win. Anderson yeah. very good. Raul contested beast. He won't be doing that other stuff uh that he got away with that West Coast. It was unbelievable, the midfield in the West Coast. They just weren't even playing on him. I was thinking, who's on freaking Raul? He's just towed yeah, him. It was yeah, quite it remarkable. Was. And Rich, and Richie, Daniel Rich, I don't think he's playing. Um, Jared Lyons uh, had 36 touches in the VFL. So he probably comes in. But, you, yeah, you'd have to say the Lions by six goals. Lots of, lots of like about the um – I mean, McInerney for the Brisbane Lions, but Jared Witts is a very good ruckman. And a lot of the reason that Anderson and Rao got such good use of the footy last week was Jared Witts. He's a good player, very underrated. Yeah, so the, so the Lions can roll on and, yeah, we're not sure how good the Suns actually are until they play someone like this. Yes, exactly. So it's a really good litmus test for them. Let's see exactly where they're at. MCG Saturday, Essendon, $2.25, Richmond, $1.65. I was so, so tempted to pick Essendon. Um, however, they've lost their last 13 matches against Richmond. Their last winning win, get this, coming in round 11, 2014. They're currently the equal longest losing streak by any team in the AFL against any opponent. But you know what they say about losing streaks? You're only one, one game mm. away from ending it. I don't think it'll happen this week. I loved Richmond's game last week. They were playing 
Richmond football. Now, I'm not convinced they're going to play finals yet, but I think they've just struck that little vein of form at the moment. You can see the belief growing in them. Outscored the Cats by 29 points from intercept possessions last round. The Cats' third uh, third worst result across the last three seasons. And what you can see with Richmond, by the way, Jaden Short, sensational game, and there's already speculation about him coming out of contract and being an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season, so watch this space for that. But um, just love the way they kicked a few of their goals, you know, a little kick on along the ground, a little tap here and there, um, and just surge forward. And they just found a way to outscore Geelong. I love, I love their game. I just reckon they're in the sort of vein of form and belief that they can beat Essendon, who, who've been pretty good for this season for three quarters. They've just fallen away for one quarter, which has really cost them. But you can see they're heading in the right direction mm. under, um, under Brad Scott. But they're not quite ready yet. I reckon there's still a work in progress. And just right now, I reckon Richmond's ready to get them. Yeah, well, Jacob Hopper's out, um, likely to miss with that calf. So that's a big out. Taranto's been terrific, despite what Kane Corns has been saying about him. Uh, what did you think of Martin, Cochin and Revolt? Uh, Martin was almost... Almost not back to his best because he's a superstar. Well, they're not going to kick. Well, Martin, well, Martin and one and um, Cochin kick seven goals between them. That's not going to happen this week. I can guarantee that. Mm. Yeah, look, Dusty will do that. I think he's not the player he was, but he and, and the team is not the team it was. So th- that's a reflection of that as well. But um, I think he'll occasionally explode into games and do that. I think but they're not going to kick seven between them. And Rewalt, surely, I mean. What a great servant! One of the grateful forwards we've seen in the modern era, and I, I don't say that lightly. He, he just, he just continues to build this this career that it's just one of the greats. Mm. But he just looks, he looks beaten up. I reckon he's, and he's the poor bloke. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be playing. He'd be like the knight in Monty Python's Holy Grail. He'd be playing with no arms <laughs> and legs if it meant helping the Tigers. He out. looked, and I just, he looked alright last week. I mean, Rioli, yeah, he did. Rioli's really come on, hasn't he? Like they. Stream forward, yes, off a halfback. Off a halfback. How bank, good! Yeah. How, I would never have thought that that would have worked off halfback, but that's how the footy's changed now. The blokes who do the most running come off halfback. Liam Baker, mate, Shaker Baker, Jake and Baker. Good evening. Yeah, good Z, mate. He is West Australian boy, and Bog last week. Nathan Broad from Western Australia. Now, knowing we like we do, his management company, who uh, is of course uh, Colin Young. Um, Yep. From what are the, what's the name of their company? Corporate, Corporate Sports, Sports Australia. Australia. Not not giving him a plug, but just I would suggest that he would be coming home at the end of this year. And I to would where? suggest so where where would you where would you send I reckon he'd be 30, 30 odd, so thirty. Um He'd, he'd be that's good a, back that's, with McGovern. He'd be take over from Hearn oh, maybe or is he too old? Is he too old? Is he too old quarters? I think so. Ah, oh, okay. Still playing great footy. They don't need him at Fremantle in the back line. They've got the greatest back no, line, Hayden Young and those blokes. They've got Chapman up their sleeve. So he comes to yeah. he comes to he comes to West Coast, but probably not on the deal he was hoping for. No, going well, by what you said. It's that's gee, can you imagine the hue and cry if a thirty year old comes? I mean, he's a very very good player, a decorated Premiership player, but that age really worries me. Given their demographic and what they're trying to do at the moment, yeah, I'm not sure if that's a wise move. Given the it depends what you get for it. Over their list. If it costs you bugger all, I'll tell you yeah. what. Well, if, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a bit wistful and melancholy too about um, 
about the Dreamtime game. I love the Dreamtime game. How good was it? Michaela, did you go when it was here? Oh, how good was it? Did you go quarters? It was sensational. And you know what? Yes. And the reason I'm melancholic is Sydney Stack. Sydney Stack, mate. He was the face of it one year. And he 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 dressed up. He did the full dance. He did the spear throw. Mate, and he's not playing at the moment. It's just the greatest waste. Only 23. I've got to resurrect that kid. I've got to get back to him and say, mate, come back to the demons, mate. We'll embrace you. We'll, get, we'll put our arms around you. You can do it. You're only 23. You don't waste your ability. You know what I mean? Don't think. See, I mean, he, he's, yeah, anyway, fantastic. I agree, yes. Look, look, we should mention, obviously, it is Sir, it is, it, it is Sir Doug Nichols' round, and what a great um, you know institution it's become in the AFL. What a great um, round promoted originally by Kevin Sheedy, and um, I just think we uh, we talk about you know we can throw some figures out here. I think um, Indigenous population of Australia is like one point five percent of the population. I think 12 percent of AFL lists are now Indigenous players, which mm. is which is wonderful. And all right, how about this what, for the rest of the show? What have Indigenous players brought to our game in the last? you know, well, over history, but particularly in the last 20, 30 years, it's just changed the game and it's become a much better game. The, the expression when they've got the football and just the way they bring other players into the game and they celebrate, um, uh, it's just the whole round, which yeah. is played over two weeks, wonderful. How about this then, mate? To, uh, to pay homage to what you just said and to honour that 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 part of our world that we love, let's start calling them by their Indigenous name. You ready? So, Walyulup. So, the Dockers, from now on, you're not allowed to say Dockers, Walyulup, okay? Uh, Melbourne are Nam, 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 okay, Nam. And have you got the Port Adelaide one, mate? I haven't got it handy. Yada Pulit. Yala Pulti. Okay. You've done some work there. Well done. No, I haven't, mate. That's what they're called this week. <laughs> no, but I'm saying you've done some. <laughs> so it's going to be too, it's going to be interesting to see how the commentators go, because they don't roll off the tongue as easily as obviously Fremantle Dockers. Nam does, of course, but Walyulup, Walyulup, which is great, and I love that um, Alex Pierce's totems and all his background was on the front. Uh, of, of and Carly Gray, I think, is uh, Brady Gray's sister. She helped him um, with it, but it yeah, was his. Yeah. But it's his people, and you know why? Because that Tasmanian story is an absolute tragedy. They tried to wipe him out in Tasmania, and his yep, the Palawa people. Yeah, his story is completely different from, say, the Nungas here or or the Yamaji or whatever. It's a, a, a complete sort of wow. We just got to survive, and they have got through. and And Alex Pierce is on the end of that, so that's great that we're celebrating that. But Walyulup, the Walyulup boys. They're going to get a hold of, of the cats on the weekend. Okay. Well, good luck to them and well done, Fremantle, once again. Um, Sunday. Fremantle, mate, you can't say Fremantle. Well, you're up. Well, Thank you very well, much, mate. Thank you. Uh, Sunday. That's a, you okay, taste- it's a beer every time you say it but between now and the end of the show, right? You owe me a beer. Uh, and, oh, you, and I'm the same. Okay. If, I, if I say FD, then you, na- you can neck me. All right. Okay, done, done. All right. Uh, fortunately, we're moving on to Sunday, Utah Stadium. Uh, Hawthorne, $1.29. Yeah, it's unders for me. West Coast, $3.60. Um, since round six, Hawthorne has won just 20.2% of the offensive one-on-ones. It has been involved in ranked last. 
The Hawks are averaging just 63 points on the road this season, ranked last in the competition. Four lines just really struggling at Hawthorne. Um, there's some, a lot of green shoots at Hawthorne, particularly in the midfield, but that forward line, as I said, really struggling. The Eagles, on the other hand, have won just seven quarters this season, Barrett. Mm. Seven quarters in total, which is the fewest in the competition. Smashed in the inside 50 count by 22, 22, and 32. 32 last week. Seven out of, thir- seven out of 36, games. wasn't it? Seven out of 36. Oh, yes. And, um, you know, outscored by 24.7 points per game from clearances, ranked last. Um, Oscar Allen, really. Ruben Jimby's season. You know, Liam Duggan stepped up as captain last week. Bailey Williams has tried his heart out. Oscar Allen now the only player in the competition to kick multiple goals in every game this season, averaging a career-high 2.7, ranked equal seventh in the AFL. What a great effort that is, given the supply that has been coming down to him. And he's been coming off quite a, a lengthy absence from footy. So what a great effort by Oscar Allen. I was very tempted to pick the Eagles. In the end, Barra, what got me is the the um, venue down there in Launceston. Mm. Hawthorne have played there. I'm not really, as you said earlier, you know, I think the players go out there wanting to win. Um, Hawthorne's been able to put the most part three quarters together. I think they were pretty... Awful against Melbourne in the first half last week, but pretty pretty good. I think they lost the second half by about 10 points. That's a pretty good effort. You don't know how much Melbourne took their foot off the accelerator, but I thought Melbourne uh, Hawthorne was really good given they were staring at a 100-point loss at one stage. And the Eagles, you know, they just have that second quarter fade out. Tell you what, if they get their second quarter right, then they're right in this game up to their neck, the Eagles, but they've just got to get that right because... Um, uh, they just get blown away after quarter time for some reason. It's very hard to pick, isn't it? With Jack Darling out, yeah. obviously broken arm. What did you make of uh, of all that and uh, him playing on? Courageous, brave. I thought it was. Well, I wrote in my analysis last week that uh, which is which was basically focused on Jack um, because he was he was all the talk heading into that game and he'd been horribly out of form, but. Uh, you know, he does get the often get the the best or the second best defender out there, and I thought last week. Uh, was really good, impressive effort of him to stay out there. Clearly, he was under duress. Clearly, he was under a lot of pain. But uh, he didn't want to have them one less rotation. So, you know, kudos to Jack Darling for staying out there last week. And they're going to be without him for at least a month, probably longer now with that fractured arm. And um, it's one, let's not forget, it's one fewer um, key forward. And he's been one of the great forwards for the Eagles over history when you look at his numbers. Um, that Hawthorne, the Hawthorne defence, uh, which has been under siege this season, has to worry about. Yeah, it's hard to see um, the Eagles winning, even though it is the Harley Reid Cup. So you don't know exactly how Hawthorne... We won't know the teams till later today. So when this goes to where the teams will be out. I mean, if they were to rest someone like Sicily, that would be a strong suggestion that perhaps uh, they're not exactly taking the game seriously. Would there be any chance of that sort of thing happening? I don't think so. I don't think so. The way Sicily's been had a pretty poor game um, a couple of weeks ago over um, against Frio, but he was a lot better last week against Melbourne. I don't think so. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Denver Granger Barras the Swan Districts boy who's been in and out of that Hawthorne side and he's a top 10 draft pick and you know, if he doesn't start cementing his place in that side, I think we'll be talking about him uh, seeking other opportunities at the end of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays this weekend um, as the, and the Eagles may be interested in him down the track. Yeah, well, what happens there is they tend to send them, put them out to market. So what they do is they play them 
so the other clubs can see them and they go, wow, he looks all right. Maybe we'll get him back. So the Eagles and the Dockers might have a look at him. And that, that's, that, often, that often happens with bottom teams. Pretty interesting one to tip, though. I think you'd probably have to stay with the Hawks. But the Eagles, this is their only chance, to, chance to win between now and probably, what, round 20 against North Melbourne? Uh, maybe they'll, yep. they'll lift for the Derby, perhaps. But how would you be if, honestly... Give us your honest opinion. How would you be if you're Adam Simpson? I mean, you just know every week you, you're either going to get pounded or, you know, beaten by five or six to ten goals. It must be horrific knowing you haven't got the cattle. There's nothing more than he can do. I actually feel sorry for him. I really feel sorry for him because he just got a cops, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, as Shakespeare would say. He did. Um, you, you wonder, and just imagine if there had been, if he had a step aside and another coach had jumped in there this year, what would be the point of another coach dealing with that? Now, I guess my, my argument's always been um, if you start a rebuild, you should come out the other side. So, you know, I, you know my argument, I think that 10 years is sort of about, about it for a coach at a club. But anyway, he's hung around. He's taking the pain at the moment, which is which is admirable of him. And um, I don't think he's going anywhere in a hurry. And uh, you're right, it'd be, it'd be pretty hard knowing at the end of every game you're pretty well facing the same questions and the same outcomes. And in his case, probably fearing another injury or two. Mm, I th- I'd love to tip the Eagles. You know what? Oh, I feel like I want to tip them. But I'd probably have to go the Hawks. Okay. Um, Sunday, MCG, Carlton, $2.90. Collingwood, $1.41. Carlton has lost seven of its last eight games against Collingwood with its last win coming in round 18, 2021. The Blues have trailed at quarter time. It's seven of their last games against the Magpies. Collingwood, we all know about Collingwood this year, won the tackle count by 17 in the second term last week against the Giants the biggest differential in any quarter by any side in 2023. So anyone thinking Collingwood is going to take its foot off the pedal is very wrong indeed. They are uh, as frenetic as ever with that game plan. Love the way they're going about it. Love the way they're going through Dacos still. Loved making Mason Cox's game last weekend. Carlton Barra, you know I've been on them. I, I picked them to finish in the top four. I've jumped off. I just oh, hey. can't have them at the moment. <laughs> I cannot have – I can't Finally. pick against Collingwood in this game. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I mean, it's the use of the football. It's um, – you've got two All-Australian forwards in there. You've got two um, – uh, the last two Coleman medalists in that forward line and still you're finding a way to muck around with the footy. Uh, you know, there's a lot said about the midfield. There's so much talent in that midfield, but they're quite one-dimensional. They haven't got um, – you, you can't sort, sort of swing one into different roles. That's the problem with Carlton. So just not sure where they're going at the moment. A lot of pressure on them. So, yeah, look, the, the opportunity is there for them to uh, back to the wall. But I would have thought that would have come last round. A really interesting game last round. They they were well behind the dogs and they found a way to hit the front and then found the way to lose again. Mm. So uh, really frustrating to watch at the moment, Carlton. It must be so hard to be a Carlton supporter. I can't find a way to pick him this week, no matter how hard I tried. And Mason Cox, as you mentioned, what a great game. And He'd be he'd be dying for Darcy Cameron to be back. He's he could almost be back this week, which um, will make Mason. Yeah, Cox I think he might be even better. So, yeah, I feel like the Blues should lift, and surely for Vossi because he must be under enormous pressure. There'll be a ticket being put together now to 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 roll the board, get rid of Vossi, bring in whoever they need to bring in. Should we have got 
I, I know all the discussions now. Should we have got Ross Lyon way back when or whoever when we made that decision, we decided not to go with Ross Lyon. Um, could, do you reckon Collingwood could humiliate them? Do you reckon they actually could belt them? No, I don't think so. I think it'll be it won't be it won't be an absolute drubbing, but I think it'll be a reasonably comfortable win to Collingwood. By the way, with Carlton, they they seem to have this discussion every five every five years. Is a, there's a new five year plan? Mm. This is the problem with them. Stick with the coach. He's contracted to the end of next year. Stick with the coach. Stick to your guns. Find a way through. You know the teams that have been. But if they, they miss, still, but hang on, mate. If they miss the eight again. With that, yeah. that num- the amount of quality they've got in that team. And Harry Mackay now, what do you do with him? You put him close to goal. Just stay there, mate. Oh, well, don't do those stupid snaps anymore. Try to do a couple of drop punts. I don't know if he can do drop punts, can he? Like at first shot of the goal. Probably not. So like, probably not. He could be... He could come out and kick six or he could just be a complete head case. You'd think against Darcy Moore, <laughs> it's the last bloke you want to play on when you're in out of form, isn't it? <laughs> Darcy Moore. Oh yeah, oh, they're, and they're, they're, um, they're, I think their four losses have all been to teams in the eight. So you know they're they're, they're ahead of Fremantle. You know they're, they're, Wait, they're, there's they're, a beer, there's a beer. Wallyup, Wallyup. They're ahead of they're what ahead is of, it, mate? They're, they're ahead of Wallyup, right? That's one for me. Thank you very much. But Barra, still, so so they're not they're not they haven't completely fallen away. Just just very disappointed in them at this point. A lot, lot of the seasons to go, so they can, they can still make up some ground, but it's time to start now, Carlton. Hey, speaking of the boys from the port, did you see Nat Pfeiffer at training? No, I haven't had the opportunity to get out. Oh, you mean with the hair? Yes, with the new... Oh, with the, with the with black the new, headband. The new headband. He looks like the bloke from the Rolling Stones. What's his name? Keith Richards. Yeah, oh, he looks like Keith Richards, doesn't he? He does, don't you reckon? doesn't look... Quite as old as Keith. No, he's not Matt's as old. He's about three thousand years old. But it, it, it was the key. He was going for the Keith Richards look. There's no doubt about <laughs> it. I reckon. And uh, he's a classy dude. He's on the news tonight. Oh, if we want to catch him with, on seven, well, he's years. a bit out. He's a bit out there, Fife. He, he wants to. He wants to do significant work. He wants to go in depth. So tonight on the news on Seven News, about six forty-five. If you're around, he'll be yep. taking us through his foot injury. He'll be showing us his foot. I reckon, showing us what he's been doing. Probably show his his headband. He's a unique beast, isn't he? And and mate, could he be the answer? Could he drag them into the finals once he gets back in that midfield? They need to win nine out of 14, I've worked out. Nine out of 14. Can they do it? It's not a lot of wiggle room, is it? Quarters. No, no, not a lot of wiggle room. Uh, it's five losses, so and they, they, they've got a pretty tough draw, to be honest, and their draws hasn't been that tough to this point. If you looked at it before round one, you would think they would have won um, most games. So they've got a bit of, still got a bit of ground to make up. Uh, while you're up, but um, hey. let's uh, you know there's a lot of talk talk about Nat Fife and whether he leaves at the end of the year, maybe goes to St Kilda. I just the romantic in me, Barra, just mm-hmm. wants him to hang around and get some silverware with that club that he's been with and won two Brownlow medals at. So All that's right. the romantic in me. It doesn't always work out that way. Here we go, mate. Let's see. So you're you're not tipping him this weekend, are you? Nope. No, so there's no win there. You're not going to tip them against Melbourne at the G the following week then? Oh, I'll be tempted because they beat them there last year. But I, I don't know. Let's see how this week goes. Yeah, Go but, but just looking ahead, would you tip? the? If, if no. It's, no. Okay, so that's they still need nine wins, right? And they've just down to 12 now. Then they've got Richmond at Optus Stadium. Give them that one. Yep. That's one. Yep. 
Okay, then they've got the Giants in Sydney. Give them that one. Yep. Two. Yep. Okay. They've got Essendon at Optus. Give them that one. Yep. Okay, that's three. We've got them there. The Bulldogs at Marvel. Probably not. Nope. Okay, so they've got three. They played Carlton at Optus. Give them that one. Oh, yeah. Give them that one. Okay, that's four. Then they've got Collingwood at the G. Forget, move on. Fremantle yep. versus Sydney Swans. They beat him at the uh, SCG. Beer, beer, beer. <laughs> There's one all now. One all beers. Yep. One equals one. <laughs> so, Wallyalup. Well, they won't be Wallyalup then. So, that's a bit cheating, mate. But anyway, Wallyalup versus Sydney Swans. They beat him at the SCG. So, they beat him here, wouldn't they? So, that's another win, isn't it? Uh I'm going to say yes, but they'll probably have a few players back by then. Sydney might have found some form. Let's see, but yeah, I'll give them. I'll give them the win. Yeah, Geelong at GMHBA. They won't. Yeah, good luck. They won't get that. Okay, so the Brisbane Lions at Optus probably not going to win that. Nope. The Derby, give them that. Yes, definitely the Derby. Port Adelaide at Optus. Oh. Late in the year, let's say they've found some form. I'll give them that. I'll give them that win. And the final game, which might, which they may need to win to get into the finals, is Hawthorne, your boys, at the MCG. <laughs> yep, give them that. So that made five, six, seven. So we couldn't get the nine. So they're not playing finals, according to you. Yep. There you go. Okay, uh, last game of the round, and arguably the most difficult to pick, actually, Giants Stadium. Uh, Sunday Giants two fifteen St Kilda a dollar seventy St Kilda fallen away a little bit Barra um, as I probably forecast a couple of weeks ago mm. the Giants haven't been far away um, been they haven't really been pantsed at any stage Stephen Coniglio in um, back to career best form which is great averaging nineteen uncontested possessions ranked equal fourth in the AFL Tom Green we all talk about Toby Green but the other Tom Green having a wonderful year averaging thirty three disposals in his last ten matches ranked fourth in the AFL Harry Perriman's found some form as well St Kilda well we've loved their season so far. Um, uh, what did what did uh, Ross Lyons give call him a mulligan? A mulligan last week. For yeah, but you know what a mulligan is, mate. Yeah, yeah. golf. When you yeah, is it an airy? Well, for me, mulligan was also in cricket when you bowl one and roll on the ground or something. But also in in golf, you give him a mulligan, you give him another shot at it, and that's he said they've had their mulligan. So that makes me feel like. They're going to win. They're going to beat the Giants. And you know what? Max King returns. Max yes. King returns. Get your head around that. Provided he gets through training, which so far he has. Uh, Tim Membry is obviously That's massive, that. though, isn't it? That's KO, massive. It is massive. It and is. Jade, Jade it is. Gresham may play as well. Mind you, the Giants get back Toby Green. Yep. After two matches out, so, but I'm I'm keeping fat. I'm sticking fat with the Saints. I think I'm I'm keeping my faith in Ross. I'm going to say the, the Saints. What about you? What say you? I say the Giants win this one. It's in a bit of an upset. Ooh, I think okay. they're at home. St Kilda's just fallen away a little bit. I still think they've you know admirable so far this year, um, but I know King's back and it's really tempting. And they're coached by Ross Lyon, but. Oh, just think, I've got a feeling the Giants win this one. Saddle up your camel. It's time for the Thirsty Camel Mailbag. 
Yes, thank you to Thirsty Camel. We are giving away a 30-can block of Great Northern Super Crisp and Barra. I believe you have the mail in your hot little hand. Actually, you've got a good one here from Andrew out at Leeming. He sends a couple yep. of emails. Good fella. He says, uh, G'day, boys. During a previous podcast, Barrow was worried about his pronunciation of the Australian Aboriginal team names. Thank you, mate. But maybe there could be more pressing concerns for those clubs. Melbourne being named NAM Nam. may have been a catalyst for the D's 2022 season unva- unveiling, unravelling. Yeah. Are Fremantle and Port Adelaide tempting fate in the Sir Doug Nichols rounds by referring to themselves as Walulup and Yadapulti? No. No, they're not. I don't think so. No. Sorry, Andrew, not on that one. Hey, boys, stop trading for mediocrity. This is from Bob Pratt. Well, that's a famous film. I wonder if it's the great Bob Pratt. 150 <laughs> goals for South Melbourne in, what was it, 1933 or whatever. Has he moved to Mount Lawley? Is he still around, the great man? No, the great man, Bob Pratt, I think, is kicking, kicking goals up in, the, up in heaven, I think, mate. Hi, guys. Stop trading for mediocrity. Now is not the moment for the Eagles to trade. None of the players mentioned in the West quarters are going to provide a long-term solution to their situation. The only reason to trade in the current circumstances would be to obtain a high-end young player that you could build your list around or trade for draft picks. But with the latter, they really have no tradable players. Now's the time to draft early picks for high-end and late picks for solid journeymen. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. The West must have had a list of the blokes that could be traded. Well, let's have a look. Let's have a There's a couple of them. So um, potential first-round draft here. Um, Daniel Curtin, 196 centimetres from Claremont. Um, there's Mitch Edwards, who's a ruckman at Peel. Mm-hmm. Riley Hardiman from Swan Districts. Um, Colton Tholstrop from Subi. And Clay Hall, who's Derek Hall's son. They're, they're, they're the pick of them at this stage. Um, spoken to a couple of those kids too, and, geez, they speak well, um, the, the draft prospects these days. They're so well uh, advanced to, I reckon, what I was at that age. And um, so there's a little bit of talent there, but... If you're talking about Harley Reid and a generational player, then I understand why you'd want to go for him. The point is, where is West Coast at in their redevelopment, in their rebuild? And, you know, do they need one really good player or do they need two or three? Because they're already talking about some Melbourne clubs um, prepared to hand over maybe two first rounders and a future first for this player. So we're talking like a Tim Kelly trade here for this kid. And and Um, you know what? I get the strong suspicion that he doesn't want to come here. I saw an interview with him this week, Harley Reid, and um, he he couldn't have been less enthusiastic about leaving Victoria. He's clearly a, a heavy Victorian kid, and uh, you know he he reminds me of Jason Horn Francis actually, very similar. And obviously Horn Francis went home after one year, and they did get a great deal for it, North Melbourne, no doubt. And suppose if the Eagles do pick him, they will get a great deal if he wants to go home after one or two years or three years but the strong indication was that he didn't want to come and having a look at what they might be able to get if they if you're right they can get two first rounders and another pick three picks for the first pick yeah geez you'd be tempted and i'll tell you a bloke fast tracks you doesn't it now I'll, i'll let you in on a secret here one bloke they will get is cohen livingston uh, the West Coast Eagles. He is at Perth. He is our Colts ruckman. He's probably the best ruckman in the Colts. Nephew of Chance Bateman, NGA Eagles, star of Scotch College, uh, helped Malaxis win three straight 
um, PSA titles. So Cohen Livingston, write him down. Daniel Curtin, I know very well. He played with my son. Very good player. He's worth, definitely worth, he's the best at Claremont. Mitch Edwards, absolute giant from Peel. He's worth a look. And Tholstrop, you're right. He, he at Subi, he looks like he could be anything anyway so, as well. So I'm with you on all those guys. And we're with you as well. Um, who was your email from? Bobby Pratt. Well done, Bobby Pratt. I did hear the language, about him talking about being a country boy, and I also did hear the language from his manager, Nick Geeson, who said he'd be happy to move, but managers do say that, and you sort of have to say that these days, but I, I tend to agree with you. I did get that feeling from, from his comments that uh, there's a bit of the Jason Horn Francis about it. Okay, hi, fellas. A little left field from the draft focus at West Coast, which is absolutely essential, says Chris. Though I was thinking for draft development, there are a couple of players, ex-players on other clubs I'd like to see at the Eagles for development roles. What about Travis Boak from Port Adelaide, club captain, F&B, elite trainer, uh, fantastic for young players. And what about Joel Selwood? Speaks for itself. Had a year out of the game at the Melbourne Storm. Get him now. Could the Eagles pull this off? Is it worth getting Boak and Selwood to the club to help develop players? Well, I think it would be yeah, absolutely great if they got those two players here. You, they're, they're two players who've absolutely eked every bit of potential out of themselves. Um, but it's not. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Travis Boat is prepared to move, and certainly Joel Selwood's happy where he is. Um, probably looking at a coaching role down the track with Geelong. Um, so I don't think either of those two um, really. You know what I'd do? I'd try... I'd try and get Darren Burgess to that club, mm. um, the great fitness um, yep. guru who's gone from Melbourne to Port. He's been everywhere. Wherever he's gone, they've had success. He's been over in the EPL. I'd be throwing everything at him to get him over here. Well, I know there is a bloke over here from Canberra, from the AIS, who's doing a full review of their medical and yep. and their training. So you're right. Get the best person. The other thing I would do is I'd be on the phone, if Chris is serious about this, I'd be on the phone to Adam Selwood, premiership player, West Coast Eagles, still lives in town. Any danger Joel wants to come to Western Australia for a couple of years, knock around around with you, Adam. Knock around with you. So it wouldn't be Mm. a silly chance. Michelle, I love Michelle. She says, when does Perth get to host a Dreamtime match again? After the hugely successful 2021 event, including our own version of the Long Walk. Yeah, that was good. Uh, it was promised by Gill and Travis Old that the game would be moved around to other states. Is it time to wedge CEO-elect Andrew Dillon on this issue? More wobble than woggle, Waratah, says Michelle. Yeah, I'm not sure if I, I – we did a great job over here with the Dreamtime game, which was, of course, during COVID, so it had to move. I'm not sure if they really want to move the Richmond Essendon game. I know it's been talked about. What would be here's – an, here's an option. Why couldn't you have a Derby Dreamtime game? Mm. Why yeah. couldn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that idea. I wish I thought of that. Mm. <laughs> that's okay, actually, mate. That's actually a very good idea because the Anzac game that the Dockers have got going, the Len Hall game, is is spectacular, and we have got the stadium. 
to showcase. Would that sort of take away? Would Richmond and Essendon blow up Deluxe and the AFL that we're pinching their idea? Or I mean, we're West Australians. We've got our own tribes over here. You know, we we got the Namajis. We got the 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 Nungars. You know, we, we yeah yeah. You know what? We've got an unbelievable history. And I'm winding myself up here. We've got an in, uh, unbelievable t- Aboriginal history from South Fremantle and the Mighty Demons with all our blokes, Buddy Franklin and Willie Dick and Bobby Hill now and and Sydney Stack and all the rest of them. Yeah, yeah, mate, I'm with you. Good idea. That's, that's yep. a fantastic idea. You spread, should, I might, I might give you the carton, actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, right, big show. Big show from Sydney here. Do you know Big Show? I big, do know Big Show. It, nice to hear from you, Big Show. Chrissy, um, who do you think is the current front runner for the All-Australian captain at the moment? I'm no Collingwood fan, but surely Darcy Moore is in the mix. Yep. He's changing hearts and minds about the pies. Yeah, mate, it's going to be impossible. Daylight second, done. Lock, lock him in now. Very hard to go past Darcy, Darcy Moore. Good, good one. So that's it for me, brother. So who wins the carton, mate? Who wins the block of Great Northern Super Chris this week? I'll tell you what, the big show was right up there, and I did like I did like uh, Christopher talking about Boke and Selwood coming here. Bobby, what Pratt. about the what about yeah the Dreamtime Bobby Pratt? The dream time, uh, that was, you, your idea was the dream time, wasn't it? The big it? show from Sydney can't win it because he's in Sydney. And Michelle of Leeming was the one who came up with the, She's dream, won it. the dream time. Yep. You reckon? She's won it before, has she? I think so, yeah. All right. So in that case, I reckon then we go with Bobby Pratt. Bobby Pratt. Let's go with good old Bobby Pratt. Yeah, famous name. May as well uh, spread the love around. And he came up with the idea about uh, surely the Eagles can't just get some journeymen over here. They just got to go with kids. Go with the kids. Yep, that's a good that's a good email and a good point. Well, thank you. Congratulations. Please send your emails into quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. We have been brought to you by Tab Touch. Choose Tab Touch. But please gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858 if you have any issues. Barra, good luck to you this weekend. Sounds like we've got a few differing tips, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see where we end up on the on the West Australian footy tipping. I'm up near the pointy end at the moment, but I fear for myself this weekend. So thank you for listening, and we look forward to talking to you on Tuesday when we wrap up the round. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and of course, tell your mates. This has been The Game with Quarters and Barra. Listener.